Folks at home, folks at home, welcome back to the Ike Live Show here at the 2017 Bassmaster Classic. And replacing Ike with me here in this hour, I know everybody knows this guy, the general, the great Larry Nixon, former Bassmaster Classic champ. Thanks for coming, Larry. Hey, Pete. Glad I could be here, buddy, and good to t- good to see all you folks because you sure are missing out down here in Houston. There is a great crowd down here, and uh, it's pretty awesome. Well, you won, man. A lot of people sitting in this chair, myself included, have battled to win one of these derbies, right? This is the pinnacle. This is the deal. You win this thing, and it changes everything, and, and you did that. Did, and ha- Did it change everything for you? It definitely changed everything. You know, when I won a classic 1983, uh, I had a good career going. I'd won Bass Angler of the Year twice, but winning the classic was just something you had to do. You right. know, if, if you were really going to have a successful career at bass fishing, and uh, in 83 we went to the Ohio River in Cincinnati, and it was a tough son of a gun, oh, but I managed, I managed to win that thing with about 16 or 18 pounds of bass, <laughs> and uh it was a uh, you know awesome feeling. It really was. That is awesome. It, that is a stu- stingy fishery. Kevin went back to the same area, wanted with I think less weight than that. That's absolutely right. Well, George won it. George Cochran won it with 15 pounds, and then Kevin went to Pittsburgh and broke that record with like 12 pounds. Good. So night. Uh, you know we've had some tough classics. So you, it, it's it's either your turn. And you take advantage of it, and, uh, you know, you don't get many chances to win that thing. I fished 25 Bassmaster Classics. Wow. And only won one. And, uh, you know, it's a great, great time. That's pretty bad statistics, Larry. You really need to step that, that up a little bit. Uh, yeah, my percentages of winning and, and being there absolutely suck. <laughs> As Ike would say, they suck. But, but uh, you know, making the Classic every year is a big deal, too. And, uh, uh, you know, to win one of them is a feat. Look at the people that's fished forever and never has won one. You know, I'm not going to call any names on that. But <laughs> <laughs> one of them sitting right here. But I've only made three Classics, and, and I'm continuing to try to do it. And I'd love to get that great big win and i know there's a lot of guys out there battling to get their win right now uh some of the guys some of the former classic champs look like they're gonna have a shot to repeat with edwin and ike yep you've uh, got uh, edwin and ike right now that's sitting in good good shape depending on today's weigh-in and uh uh you know it's hard to hard to win two or three or four like kevin van dam but uh uh, they've got an opportunity to pick up their second classic victory today, so let's keep our fingers crossed. Well, we'll watch. We'll watch it, and we'll see how that goes. But I, you know, what you've been fishing for a long time, and you had a monumental event, a health event that took place to you, and I read about it. Yeah. I'm I'm so glad you're here with us. A uh, similar thing happened to my father. Uh, you had a heart attack. Well, actually, Pete, I didn't have a heart attack. I caught it beforehand and never had any damage, and that's why I'm in spitting wow. good health right now. Yeah, they did have to cut me open. Gotcha. And uh, do a, a quad bypass and add a valve in there. And uh, you know, I was fortunate enough that I know my body well enough that when I, I kind of got out of breath and my hand started tingling. I said, "Uh uh-oh, something ain't right. And I've got a very good friend at home that I fish with occasionally, and he's he's just an old country doctor. And I told him about it, and he says, "Uh, you're going to the hospital in the morning. Be there at 8 a.m. And he got me in to see a real good heart doctor, and we did the test. And he said, ooh, you're a lucky man. You ain't already gone. 
Wow. And because uh, it was completely blocked off, it was a uh, what they call hardening of the arteries. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't nothing that they could stint, so there wasn't no option except to bust, bust you open and redo it. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's only been, that was August the 19th, so I'm six months in actually and feeling good. Well, that's amazing. You know, yeah. I mean, you're out there, you're still out there competing. Yeah. And uh, can you do all the things that you could do before? Uh, Pretty much nothing has changed. Uh, uh, you know, really, it was kind of a blessing. I missed the Forestwood Cup last year in, at um, Wheeler Lake in August. And if I had been fishing in that tournament, I might not be sitting here right oh now. Oh, my gosh. Because uh, I, I was walking to the weigh-in, one of my hands went numb, and... Uh, so I went home the next day, and I, that's, I got it took care of, but that was August the 19th. So, you know, that was right on top of the cup when I found it. Wow. And if I'd practiced in all that heat and got out there, you know, who knows what, what would have happened. Well, I tell you, I, I want to tell you a quick story and the folks at home. Um, two summers ago, uh, my father was over my house, and he was swimming with my son, who's, who was six at the time. And uh, my son called out to me and said that Pop-Pop's not coming up out of the pool. And I looked over, and my father was on the bottom of my swimming pool. And I ran over and grabbed him up, got him up on the concrete, and he had had a heart attack. And and he was not breathing. And um, I started in the CPR, which I, I'm a captain. Uh, to be a guide, you have to, um, you have, to have CPR training as part of your guide's license. And uh, so I had the training, couldn't remember a thing, but I started just doing stuff, and, uh, and I started doing the compressions and the breathing. And uh, then the the MTs got there. It was the third shock on the defibrillator that they finally got a pulse out of my dad. And this was two summers ago, and we celebrated his 79th birthday last month. That's awesome. That's they can do anything with the heart now, you know. Uh, I mean, yeah, we have friends die and, and things happen all the time, but it's incredible uh, what they can do to you and have you back on your feet in three days and kick you out of the hospital. Uh, you know, he told me, he says, there ain't nothing else I can do for you, Larry. Get out of here. You're on home. And we'll see you in about 30 days, and uh, and we'll, we'll check out your regime and what you're doing and all this stuff. But they didn't even make me do... Um, uh, no rehab or nothing like that because he knew that I was, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't going to sit still. Right. As, as soon as I was capable, I was going to be back fishing. And uh, there ain't but so much you can do for about two months. They won't even let you lift a gallon of milk. So, <laughs> so uh, but anyway, it's a well, uh, an experience. Well, that's awesome. And I want to encourage people to go learn CPR. It do- takes two that's seconds. Right. It's a hundred. It's a hundred compressions. It's all about compressions these days. Yep. Every ch- every chance I get, I want to remind people of that because I it was able to save my dad's life and it can save somebody else's life. But you also struggled with some elbow stuff, and I don't know, man. You can win with a crankbait when you were young <laughs> and you're doing all this other stuff. This starts hurting. You start worm fishing and winning. You're just winning, winning no matter what you. You're still being able to find your way into the winner's circle. That's amazing. You got to do what you got to do, and you know uh, a lot of stuff's hereditary. And and I've got a, a lot of arthritis issues in my family, and now I'm getting them. Of course, I wore out a I wore out this thumb, and I got it fixed. <laughs> now it don't work very good no more, and it's kind of weak. And this one's shot because I learned to flip left-handed, and I wore it out in about 15 more years, and. 
Uh, now I'm throwing a spinning rod, and this poor old shoulder over here is like, yeah, every time I move it, I want to yell. But, you know, it's still fishing. And uh, I can, as long as I can get out there and cast, and it don't matter to me if I have to use a fairy wand, an eight-pound test line. I get to compete, and I'm still not embarrassing myself, and I'm not going to retire until I start embarrassing myself. Well, that's amazing. I mean, you're, and you're definitely not, dude. I mean, it's it's you're still re- relevant and uh, and able to go be a contender in any tournament, and and that's that's truly a testament. To, do you have goals now? I mean, you've won everything. I, mean, uh, what, I haven't what? either. I didn't want the Forest Wood Cup. I wanted okay. to win. I, I want to win it so bad, and I know my time's about up because of age, and uh, it's just so hard to compete with them kids day in and day out, and. Uh, I may only spend eight or nine hours on a on a practice day, you know, now where they still go 12 or 15. And uh, when I get tired, I'm going to house. That's enough. <laughs> Once my brain goes to wandering, I'm not going to find any fish anyway. And, uh, you know, in three days, I can put together a good pattern usually to compete. But to win a big cup, that's a job. That's a job. Well, I, I hope you get another. I know you're going to get another shot at it. But yeah, I had Roland Martin sitting in this seat yesterday. You guys had swapped some turf over the years, and uh, he's he's talking to me that if they offer him a legends another legend spot next year on the elites, he's taking them up. Yeah, he might do it. You know, I thought about it. They offered it to me this year. I think mm-hmm. I can't remember who got the first one. Uh, probably Roland from from all the anglers of the year, mm-hmm. and then they go down a list, but. I really wasn't healthy enough at the time, and I, I, you know, FLW's been so good to me. They're good people. I love them to death, and uh, uh, I don't have to fish as many events, and there's another, you know, that's another reason for me to fish FLW, so... I don't know if I'd take it up or not, but it's a great for bass to offer that to the legends. Yeah, I really do think it's cool. Yeah, and I, cool. I hope I hope Roland takes them up on it next year, and uh, and we'll see. I love fishing the FLW tournaments. Yeah. Uh, it's a great tournament organization. I've had a lot of fun fishing over there. One of the things that sticks out as I'm sitting here talking to you, I think everybody that has ever watched bass fishing remembers the opening of the Bassmaster TV show. <laughs> It was a Mega Bucks tournament, I guess. I think it was on Harris Chain. That's right. Harris and you, Chain. And you got, you're hooked up with a 10 pounder? Well, John, it, it was a giant. It actually only weighed 710, and, but it looked like it was 10. And 15, I thought it looked it, like. <laughs> I thought it was 10, and, <laughs> you know, it, it was on the opening of Bass Masters forever and ever and ever, and yeah, that was one of the historic moments in bass fishing, and, uh, I was fortunately enough to catch that big fish and it's on four light line and lily pads and i landed it and uh, it's a pretty awesome segment and i know all you bass masters out there remember it i remember it we had some debate over what you said there's been debate like did you say oh shit look at the size of this fish did you say oh my what, do you remember what you i know exactly what i said when it jumped i looked around it to my observer and i said oh my gosh did you see the size of that bass that was exactly what i said there it is there it is no more debate well that was that was an awesome it inspired us all you won all those mega bucks tournaments yeah back back when they used to pay out a lot of money in bass fishing tournaments yeah, that was that was pretty cool. All the money really in them days was in Mega Bucks. The classic, That's right. the classic was only a um, is either a ten thousand dollar event or a twenty five thousand dollar event in eighty nine, and uh, Mega Bucks was a hundred thousand dollars. But they only give you seven thousand dollars a year 
for the next 10 years. Is that how they did it? That's how they did it. They give you a 25, they give you a check for 30, and then you got $7,000 a year for the next nine years. And I won four in a row, so man, I had a lot of money coming in every year for, for nine more years. Good God. That was pretty cute. That was, that was pretty awesome. I mean, you won other tournaments, but somehow the Mega Bucks deal fell into your wheelhouse. Did, have you ever been able to explain why you were able to win those tournaments? I, I never could explain it, really, at that time. Uh, Ricky Klun had the best analogy of a lot of guys that I'd ever heard, too. He said, man, when it comes to fishing for the big bucks, you fire up. He said, because every one of them, you're in contention to win. And, uh, you know, I, I, man, maybe that's true. Uh, I never thought about it. But even when we went to Gunnersville, it wasn't just Florida. We went to Gunnersville. We went to Murray. We went to uh, uh, Chickamauga. And okay. I won, so I won two megabucks out of the state of Florida and finished second in the other two. Wow. And, uh, you know, I was always in contention to win that big money, and that was what was awesome. Well, my buddy Ike was the same way. You put a classic on the line, he's in the hunt every single time. Uh, that's right. I don't know how he does it. I mean, it's every single time he's out there battling in the top five in these big tournaments. You're motivated by money. You're motivated by <laughs> money, and, uh, you know, the, the fame and the recognition is what you really get off of big events. Mm-hmm. And that that when you build your name by winning the really big tournaments, uh, that way you gain more sponsorships and you get well known quicker and faster. Yeah, I was always mad at you for taking all the sponsorship money when <laughs> yeah. I was fishing. You were getting it all, you and Cochran and Brower and uh, and Kevin, and uh, that 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 still pisses me off a little bit. <laughs> it's hard well, to make a living behind you guys. You know, I have a lot of people ask me, how do you get sponsorship in bass fishing? And the only way you're ever going to get money sponsorship is to win. Plain and simple. You can go out there and make a little check every now and then and and do good in events. But if you don't win big events and win tournaments regularly, you really never get paying sponsors. Because you've got to get your name up there so everybody knows your name. Remember that song? Yeah, I do. Everybody knows his name. <laughs> Larry Nixon singing on the Ike Live show. I love it. Keith Pochet just sat in your seat, same thing. And he said just what you said because he has not been in that winner's circle. Right. And he's done well. He's got a third place at a classic and a second place. And he's battling to get that win. And, and it cha- you're right. It changes everything by it winning tournaments. changes everything. And, and you know, it's so rare. When you finish second in a classic, not many people know that two years away. They right. know it. They know it that year, but the next year they can't tell you who finished second. So it's very important to win. Did you have any of those at the classic that I you could have won? Second in my very first classic, to no Ricky Klein. Really? I had a four pounder break my line. I was so poor. Now listen to this one. My line broke in my reel. And it's floating on the water right here, two foot from the boat. And I'm trolling with this little old slow trolling motor, and I'm trying to get my hands on my line. And I guess I spooked the fish because it shot out, and my line took off, and I didn't get the line. And then it jumped in the lily pads, and there I'm looking at my line again on the lily pads over there, about 20 foot from me. So, boy, here I go again with a 12-volt trolling motor trying to catch my line. I'm going to whale rope this bass in. It's a four-pounder. And uh, I get over there, of course, and then my line goes zip. And I looked at Reeves Field, my sports editor, and uh, I said, there went 
$25,000, I think it was back wow. then. Yeah, it was 25000 And he said, oh, my gosh, this was the last day of the tournament. I got beat by like a pound and 12 ounces. And uh, Rick Clun, that was his second classic, I guess, at that time. And, uh, you know, I finished second. Nobody knew who I was the next year. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you had the winning fish on. Roland sat, yeah. Roland sat here and told me about up at Thousand Islands how bowed out and beat him to this six-pounder that he had located on this rock wall on Thousand Islands. Yeah. And that was the difference for him. And Roland never did get his classic title. Yeah. But at least you were able to capture yours the next year. Yeah, I, w- I was able to after. capture it. I never really got in contention to win another one until uh, – Probably 83, okay. but that that very first classic, I should uh, dog that was a that was a tough one to lose. I'll tell you, and you know, Pete, it's funny. Uh, Rick got 25,000, and in 19 that was in 1977, and that was the very first year that second place got a check, and I won $10,000 for second place. Wow. And uh, that's really all that kept me in the sport at that time because I had invested everything I owned to fish that one year. Wow. And uh, so it was fabulous. That is fabulous. And Jamie Hardman, uh, I just we had him interview. Jamie's a rookie on the Elites this year, and he took a second place at his Cherokee event, uh, the first event out of the gate. Great for rookie. Yeah. And he's using that $25,000 just like you did. Uh, to keep yeah. him to keep him going yeah. in the sport, so it's still battling today to to keep out there at this sport. And then, the entry and fee uh, is so high; it's oh, so yeah. hard to do these days. That, that six hundred buck entry fee back then was, you know, that was a lot of money to a poor old fishing guide. And uh, Ricky Klun actually uh, in that classic um, when I finished second in that classic, and I I never got any help that next year and. Uh, Ricky Klun got me a, a spot with uh, Glastron Boats back in them old days there, and Glastron paid my entry fee and gave me $600 a, m- a tournament for gasoline. So That's I was a big deal. I was really able to take a lot of the pressure off in the 78, 79, and. That's a big deal, boy. That's a big deal. Man, that's a well. That's a big deal anytime to be yeah. able to get that kind of sponsorship. Even today, of course, yeah. it's five thousand dollars in entry fee in, in today's money. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's definitely a lot more. But you, you guided, uh, you got it for a long time. Uh, were, weren't you part of that that, that Toledo Bend group with the Tommy Hemphill Martin? Gang. Yes, sir. The Hemphill Gang. Yep. You guys were guiding on Toledo Bend and I guess Rayburn back we, then. Yeah, there was there was five of us and we all made the classic. I can't remember exactly which year it was, but it was probably 79 or 80 or 81 right in there. And there there was a big article come out, you know, the Hemp Hill Gang, because uh, we all qualified for the Classic. And uh, uh, it was a pretty neat deal. It was John Hall and uh, John Torian, and, um, John Dean, Tommy Martin, and myself. Wow. And uh, so there was five of us from right there at Toledo made the Classic that year. That's excellent. And, and now... We we just saw the Toledo and Rayburn are, are just like on fire right now. Yes, the they te- are. The, it seems like they may. Is it possible they could be in their heyday? Could they be better now than they were back then? They are because if when I left Toledo in 1987, I, I was traveling so much I had to get a little more centralized. So I moved back up to Arkansas and uh, in 1987, all the guides down there we all put plastic bags with oxygen and like. 
10,000 Florida bass in the floor of the boat. And we all went out there and stocked them in places where we didn't think the brim and the bass would eat them up, you know. So right. that was the original stocking. No was, kidding. Yeah, 87. Yes, sir. And uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Helping uh, drop them fish off. And then when the 10-pounders first started popping out of Toledo Bend, it was funny that you could see the areas where they were coming from. Were you guys stocking? Oh, yeah. Were we? Because we, we all talked about where we were going to put them. Uh, to try to protect them, you know, so they would grow. And because uh, I'm talking, these little suckers were hares. Right. They were fry. And uh, but it was it was kind of cool that all these ten pounders were coming out of the mouth of Housen and in the mouth of Patroon, because that's where I put all mine was in the mouth of Patroon. And uh, but now they they've continued to stock them ever since that time. And Toledo's on fire, you know, it's, with big ten pounders. It's crazy good, and uh, and Rayburn just had a tournament this past weekend. Uh, three bags over thirty pounds. That's correct. They had fifty bags over twenty pounds. That's right. What in the world's <laughs> going on, man? This is this. I, I just was talking with the Texas Fishing Game, and they explained it to me this way: this is kind of like the New Lake Syndrome going on with the drought that Texas had. Absolutely. A lot of brushes gathered and grown on the banks. Now the lakes are up to full pool. That's correct. All the new habitat is there, and Lakes are exploding. Yes, it's hard to say why a lake really comes back, but every time it goes through that new lake syndrome, which is low, low water for a long time, and you get all that new fertility going on up on the bank, and and, and then all of a sudden the lake comes up and these bass can go back in there and spawn. It's just like a new lake, brand new lake. Wow. I think I might have to take a few days after the classic and get up there. Get up there. What do we yeah. got, Carpenter? It's about time. It's, it's, <laughs> we're getting we're getting the about time sign, but uh, but it was it's really great talking to it, Larry. I mean, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I've been I remember when me and Mike were traveling together, and we would bump into you and Cochran out on the road. Yeah. And uh, just speaking of that, Cochran's retired now. Do you do you stay in touch? Are you still talking to George? Well, uh, about every two days, that guy's calling me. He's, Is that right? He, right now, he, he called me three days ago. And listen to this, folks. George calls me up, and he said, Larry, and I said, what, George? He said, when does squirrel season open? I'm about tired of guiding. (laughs) 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 George is a guide now. He's guiding on Lake Washita with his son for stripers, and uh, uh, he only guides about four or five hours a day. He's really laid back and retired, folks, but uh, he's still fishing. That's that's great yeah. to hear. And he's one of the all-time greats. He's won the FLW Championship. Two classics. Two classics. Anglers of the Year. Yeah. Has he got Anglers of the Year? Nope, never won Angler of the Year. But when it come to the classic, buddy, he was ready to win. And he was um, probably the best mud holder that we ever had in tournament competition. Is that an Arkansas term? A mud holer is an Arkansas <laughs> term. That's a boy that just hunts for one foot of water and goes throws his square bill and a spinner bait, and that's about all George ever liked to do, and he's a mud holer. Man, he sure is. He's one big, and so have you, and I know we're going to see you win again. I sure that's hope right. we do. I appreciate you being here with us. We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. I think we're going to be talking to one of your bosses. Uh, Gary Good. Yamamoto Good. is going to be coming over here. We're going to be talking about fishing a Senko, I'm sure. But I, pre- oh, I can outfish Gary with a Senko. <laughs> I can't believe I'm it. the Senko Are master. Are you the Senko master? <laughs> I'll be sure and let them know you said that. But uh, appreciate you being here with us. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. I'm Pete Kluzak for Ike Live. Go get him, Mike. 